Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, but whatever. It's not even worth it. Just give it up. All it does is cause me grief. Ugh. To listen to the show, find us on foreheadradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we like to, like and of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, Bread, and Jonathan. Thank you. And speaking of Patreon and patrons, one thing you can do when you're a patron is play Walloping Word Snappers, which is our game that we play every so often. Uh, And by every so often, I mean every month, but we don't always get (laughs) words every month. So stages pop up every so often. But every month, patrons uh, get the opportunity to send us words or phrases that we have to work into the episodes we're recording that month and in this time we got some words and those words for the last episode were bopped by buggy bagel submitted by zoe and doug you worked those in right at the top of the episode which was yes a plus work (laughs) thank you zoe i felt so seen uh all the bugs we were experiencing last week were seen and acknowledged uh and thank you (laughs) thank you first word submitted by zoe i believe and i love it spider-verse reference always welcome hell yeah always welcome yeah love that Mm -hmm. um yeah i was trying to think of a transition but craven's not in the spider-verse movies so i couldn't go from spider-verse to craven so whatever here's my transition has been in the news the past few weeks though he has been in the news last week The oh, Spider-Man boy. game, Craven, looks rad. Dope um, as hell. The, dope as hell. Love that chest hair. Um, you know where there isn't chest hair? <laughs> Anywhere on Aaron Taylor Joy? Nope. Aaron, Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson? Taylor. <laughs> Anya Taylor Johnson? <laughs> I know I've done this before, like, and I still can't remember I, the name. I've done it. I've done it before too. There's someone I don't you're I don't know if you will get this reference because it's a Buffy reference, but in um in Buffy, one of the like big bads, like uh, a big twist with them was that like it was basically like two two beings sharing the same body, like one male, one female. Hot. And so it was like Glory and Ben. Um, <laughs> and so someone was sort of like, I want Aaron Taylor Johnson and Anya Taylor joy to be a Ben and glory situation where they're like actually sharing the same body. And like they ship between Aaron Taylor yeah. Johnson and Anya Taylor joy. Have you seen them in the same room? before? I was going to say, know. have they ever been in they, the same movie? I don't think, I don't think so. So why not? Um, why not? Yeah. We'll just say that, that, Automatically makes him more interesting. Um, makes her maybe less interesting. Yeah, that's true. 
I don't know. We but if anyone not, could pull it off, are... I think she could. She could. But you know what we're not here to talk about is the fucking Craven <laughs> tr- movie trailer. Jeez. What? Can I thought Russell, this was a can, spider like, bite. <laughs> can can Bear era Russell Crowe be like well oh. utilized in a superhero movie, please? No. <laughs> he can't. Impossible. Impossible. Why? What did he I do? Know. I, I don't, don't understand. I don't understand. I know it makes me so mad because I'm like, well, I want to watch you in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Craven in this episode of Spider-Man: The Animated Series. I like Craven in Spider-Man: The Animated Series, generally speaking. Yes, I do too. I think he's fun. You know what? He's a he's a he's an actual like kind of anti-hero slash like heroic character in this show so it is possible to do that version of craven i um and uh, and yes. he's super powered too actually there's a lot of I don't know, that movie kind of owes a lot to this version of craven doesn't it um and yet somehow whatever this craven's also hotter so whatever this episode we're talking about is available on disney plus it is spider-man the animated series season four episode four entitled partners in danger chapter four the return of craven Dear Aunt May, she's never given up her faith in the value of helping others. I wish I could feel the same. But after what happened to Mary Jane, I'm angry at the world. Question is, can I be this angry and still live up to my responsibilities as Spider-Man? Spider, you really do have to take better care of yourself. This is humiliating. I'm saved, then chided by the black cat. Look, I've told you before, I'm not interested. I can't take the risk of anyone else getting hurt. That's why I work alone. Spider! Thank goodness, you're only stunned. Blast! He got away because of you! What were you thinking? You risked both our lives for this? I couldn't let an innocent creature be destroyed. Don't you care about anybody anymore? That's just the problem. I don't think I do. Wait. I am not a creature, but I did create it. What? Yes, I created it willingly, and then it destroyed my love. Mariah, my little Calypso, exists no more. No! I can't have lost her, too. Why did you let that happen? Why? Spider, wait! Leave me alone! You've got to calm down. There is something here you don't understand. Something you must know about that creature. All I need to know is that it destroyed a good friend of mine. And after I finish with this gum, I'm going to destroy it. Craven. The synopsis for IMDb is Spider-Man has been refusing to work with Black Cat because he doesn't want anyone close to him getting hurt anymore. Hmm. Meanwhile, Craven returns to New York to hunt down the stalker, a creature he has been he has been said to have created. Wait, sure. I don't okay. The original <laughs> air date was February twenty second, nineteen ninety seven. Um written by Meg McLaughlin, which we talked about her recently. I I didn't write down what episode she wrote, but it was she wrote an episode earlier this season. Yeah. So we've talked about her before. Yeah. yeah, we know her. Good old Meg. What's up? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't actually have any new like characters or voices really to introduce, but a couple things I do want to mention. This episode is the last episode with Linda Gray's voice as Aunt May, even though we have already heard Julie Bennett as Aunt May. 
Um, just the nature mm. of voice work means that that yeah. stuff can kind of get mixed up, right? Yeah. So it's, we've it's Linda, heard Linda Gary, not Linda Gray. Linda Gary, sorry. Uh, we we've already heard Julie Bennett, but this one is Linda Gary. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I mean she 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 died of brain cancer so she probably was like sick during the last yeah recordings that she did sadly. So I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a thing where it's like she was yeah. literally in the middle of doing some episodes and then they yeah. went back and like did some rewrites on the on the first episode of the season and by that point, you know, she wasn't able to work yeah. anymore. Uh which is sad, but yeah, got got one last one last appearance from her here. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is wild. I feel like I'm having deja vu and maybe I've done this before, but I couldn't find any evidence that I have done this before, Mm -hmm. but Deborah was introduced so early in the show and our show that we still hadn't like gotten to the point where we were basically calling out every major character. So I don't Mm -hmm. think I've ever actually named the actor who voices (laughs) Deborah Whitman. So I'm just going to do it now. And that's Liz George's. Uh, that's who voices Deborah. It just feels weird to like never say her name. So I'm saying her name yeah. now, even though it is late into the, into yeah, this series, and fine. Deborah's been around she, for a while. But she gets she she'll, she gets she will get stuff to do. I believe, if I remember correctly, she gets stuff to do like in the season going forward. Yeah. So like it's probably it's smart to reintroduce her here. You yeah. Know? And this is really. I don't think we saw her very much in the third season anyway. So this is kind of no. like a reintroduction to her as a major player. Yeah. Anyway, season two was kind of like her big, her big season yeah. with all the Morbius stuff. And I, that's mm-hmm. where I think this could have happened, but I couldn't find any evidence that I had done that. So I just don't want to go without ever calling out Linda George's. She hasn't necessarily yeah. done a ton, but she is important to the series. Um, and I didn't realize she was married to David Pamer, who like still acts now and is like very recognizable. If you look him up, you're like, Oh, that guy. So, um, mm, interesting. you know, they, they together or they, their family or whatever is like still involved in plenty of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's Liz George's Deborah Whitman's voice actor. I like her. She's good. Yeah. She's cool. Good. Continues to be good. <laughs> well, let's talk about this episode. Let's do it. It opens with Peter dropping Aunt May off at Aunt Anna Watson's house. Because Aunt May is like, I want to be there with Anna because, you know, she is really devastated for Mary Jane's disappearance. Um, and and one thing I will say, <laughs> this is such a silly little nitpick, but like the, the whole opening sequence is Aunt May like talking, to, you know, still doting on Peter. It's sort of like, you know, Peter, don't don't forget to water the plants and everything like while I'm gone. Um the end of the episode ends with him moving out of that house. So who's going to be watering the plants now, Peter? Who's watering the plants now? Well, wow. May's gone. <laughs> great wow. power comes great irresponsibility when it comes to taking care of the plants. Yeah. Really, truly can't get anything right. Hmm. Maybe he brought the plants with him to move in with Harry. Maybe that's what it is. I don't no, know. those plants are dead and he will be <laughs> angsty about it. Yeah. I can't because even that's keep whole, the plants alive. <laughs> I mean, tr- that's such a that's a, honestly a good segue because truly, like that, this intro is like kind of to set the stage for the state of mind Peter's in because he's like because yeah. just like something as simple as like dropping off Aunt May as Anna Watson's place like causes them to ruminate on how like how much of a horrible person he is. It's like, well, Aunt May like is cares about Anna Watson. I don't think I care about anyone anymore. And I'm like, oh, buddy, damn, dude, <laughs> wow, jeez. There are um, still lots of people in your life. <laughs> right. Like, right. I know he's going through it. I know he's going yeah. through it. 
But like, I mean, I think he says so yeah. many times, like I'm, I've lost everyone. And it's like, bruh. <laughs> yeah. You've lost like, I mean, you've lost you've a lost, lot. Like, Don't get me wrong. <laughs> sure. I mean, recently he's lost like two people. Like it's happy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I know in his, in the context of his entire life, he's right. lost a lot, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but, but I do think that like one thing I really like that I think is like, it's not like super commented on, but I think is a thread, like the last time we saw Peter, like the last, the last two parter with the black cat stuff, like mm-hmm. that two parter did open with him being like, I need to talk to someone. I am going through something and I feel like I'm, I've got it yeah. all this like grief inside of me and I need to talk to, talk to someone about it. And he ends that two parter being like, I can't talk to Felicia. I don't know who I can talk to about it. So it's sort of natural that if he isn't able to talk to anyone to help him process mm-hmm. the, like this really deep seated grief he's going through, it kind of makes sense that by the time we get to this episode, he is like, fully not process anything and is just like completely like just completely like in in rage mode essentially just like yeah. it is like so bottled it up that it's like kind of turned into it is it is like bubbled over into this episode you know like he doesn't know what to yeah. do with all of this like anger and frustration that he's carrying yeah and i don't know that this was necessarily like intentional but i think it works with all of what you're saying like in these first four episodes, it's not like Peter is even seen with a lot of the people that are in his life. So at the point yeah. we get to this episode where he's in like rage mode, it's entirely believable that he has just withdrawn, not even necessarily yeah. intentionally, but just like in his grief. And it's sort of in that state of mind where he like can't see his support network anymore, you know, and that's mm-hmm. just all feeding into what this episode ends up becoming. Yeah, which I like. I like I like what the general message of this episode is by the end of it Um, yeah i think it's very smart and especially for where peter is at as a character right now yeah so peter goes to the hardy foundation uh he meets up with felicia and anastasia and they discuss next year's youth science program i think just wanted peter's sort of like feedback and and stuff on that Mm -hmm. um while he's there break-in is reported in the building but just big by coincidence uh turns out craven is the one breaking in and just happens to be there when uh two superheroes (laughs) are Hmm. in the building so bad luck craven (laughs) real bad luck maybe she does have those powers in fact actually yeah Um, so Peter runs off from the Hardys and he suits up to confront Craven. Uh, Craven quickly wraps Spider-Man up with his bolus, uh, which allows him to knock over a huge stack of steel barrels and escape. And after saving Anastasia from being crushed by one of those barrels, Felicia gets her own suit up sequence as Black Cat, which is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um so she suits up as Black Cat to stop Craven, and as Spider-Man frees himself, he wonders why Craven, who, you know, last time they met was back in the second season when Craven like just straight up, you know, intentionally helped him stop being the man spider, like was fully a friend, mm-hmm. an ally at that point, is now acting like uh what Peter refers to as his crazed alter ego. Yeah. I like that they just straight up acknowledge that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I yeah. like that they introduce Craven out of character as we remember him, and that's also part of the universe. Like, it's not just a way to, like, bring Craven back and have him do crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this is going to become a broken record at a certain point, but, like, 
the way that this season is so unafraid of addressing its own continuity. Like it really is just sort of like, we're just going to go into this with the intention and assumption that everyone in the audience remembers everything <laughs> and yeah. you're just going to have to go along or ride with us. But I think that that leads to like really smart stuff because I, that honestly, I think that the knowledge that Craven was an ally last time that they met, I think does help because it makes Spider-Man come across like honestly, like more, brutally in this episode when he isn't really spending a lot of time really trying to reconnect with Craven on that level. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, well, he was a friend, but now he's back to his old Craven ways and I got to beat him up. And it's like, there might've been a, like there might've been a better way for Spider-Man to address his old friend, you know, in in a way, if he was in a better state of mind, you know, they get a little bit into it, but ultimately, yeah, that's exactly like he just, he's just like not in the right state of mind to like actually pursue that like nugget of a thought, you know? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So Spider-Man does catch up with Craven, but is quickly hit with a chemical smoke bomb. This this man gets hit with so many chemicals and <laughs> and gases and smokes of various kinds. Spider sense does not work. The spider sense does no. not work when it comes to gas, does it? No, no, I guess not. It's got to be like a, a solid physical thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or liquid, but not gas. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, ultimately, he's saved by Black Clack. Wow. Ultimately, black he is saved by Black Cat. Um, by Black Cat, and they return to the Hardy Foundation to investigate Craven's intentions. They learn that the lab that he actually broke into was home to a serum that was uh, built on the research of Mariah Crawford and Dr. Reeves, and that serum is what originally turned Sergei Craven off into Craven. So Spider-Man assumes, okay, if that's what was here, Craven must have taken that serum so he could become Craven the Hunter again. Um, we got to find him if that is the case. So he and Black Cat yeah. set off to find him. So I need to back up for a second because one of my favorite silly, ridiculous moments in this episode, when Black Cat first catches up with uh, with Spider-Man, uh, I guess not when, it, when when Craven escapes and Black Cat is, yeah. has caught up with Spider-Man. Spider-Man's gotten hit with the jungle dust or whatever. Um, <laughs> she's like, she's like, uh, she says like, Spider, you really do have to take care of yourself. Like she says it like uber sensually, like mm-hmm. her muscular arms draped around his tight body. And somehow the sexy lady is like caressing him and like speaking sensually, flirting to him. His first thought is, she reminds me of Aunt May. <laughs> Peter's got a lot going on and it's not, he's not talking to anyone about it. You know, it's just like, cause he's like, Oh, she's like chiding me. What is she? Aunt May. And I'm like, yeah, how out of all that's happening, she's chiding you. Like, yeah, you think like she's doting on you is where your brain goes. Like, no, seriously. This extremely hot woman <laughs> who can carry you in her arms uh, and talks to you very sensually and clearly wants to fuck you is not your Aunt May. Okay? Stop that, Peter. Like, God damn. Like, talk, like, talk to anyone, the, preferably a therapist, but anyone at all. The most oblivious I've ever seen in my life. It's just, it's incredible. It's you got to so learn funny. how to sort out your feelings. You got to learn how to, like, see what's going on in front of you. You just got a lot to figure out, my friend. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, we've got we've got our we've got our season one Craven origin origin yeah. story connection happening here. We even get like a flashback to like the fact that they name dropped Doctor Reeves, which yeah. I would have never remembered that that was the nope. name of the scientist they gave him the serum. So like a plus for that stuff. Yeah. So they set off to find Craven on the way. They both argue about Black Cat being involved and Black Cat's like, look, I've been given the gift of great powers. I feel like I should use them to help people. It's almost as if my great power <laughs> comes with some sort of great responsibility. Huh. Spider-Man's like, mm, miss me with that shit, girl. Like, yeah, that, no, fuck no, off. no, no. <laughs> He's so wild in this moment where he's like, what it's a not even just like asshole. miss me with that. It's like, give up, stop it. It's not worth it. You're being dumb. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, holy shit, dude. It. But you know what, though? I actually like it. And I've been thinking about this a lot mm. lately. Yeah. Because for some reason, like, uh, uh, not for some reason, across the Spider-Verse and, and any of those sort of properties that have so many different versions of Spider-Man inevitably spark these conversations. And for some reason, in the wake of Across the Spider-Verse, there was a lot of people talking about, like, Peter, I guess, A. Parker, just Peter Parker, and, and like, what he meant to Miles and to the whole franchise. And it was so weird to me because I was like, I feel like y'all are glorifying a version of Peter Parker that is specifically there to sort of like present a counter uh, or not a counter, but like to sort of paint everything else against, right. To sort of paint the more typical Spider-Man journey and struggle against, you know, he's like commentary. Mm -hmm. He's not an ideal. Um, and so I've just been thinking a lot about how like people really seem to hold Peter Parker and Spider-Man to this like weird ideal that I never felt was there. And this is an exact perfect moment of it mm -hmm. where like Spider-Man is constantly questioning his own sort of responsibility. Like the mantra is not there because he believes it a hundred percent of the time. It's there to remind him because he so often falls off of it, you know? So this yeah. is like, he's being an asshole and he's like being absolutely like, just wild in the face of this person who's like, Hey, I think we should help people, but I like it because it reminds me that like, I'm not making up the fact that Peter Parker frequently is like, fuck this shit, you know? Yeah. That's what makes him so fun sometimes. Yeah. That sometimes he's a little, he's a fucking piss baby about he's being a superhero. Totally. It's just like, this sucks. I hate it. Everyone <laughs> hates me. Everyone dies. I'm so upset. I can't make a date. I lost my job. Everything sucks. Like that, that is like, that is like Peter Parker sometimes. And that is Peter Parker like at his worst. And like right. the thing is, and, but, but like, that's like what makes him so relatable. Worst. Right. Right. I mean, that's what makes us relatable because we've all fucking been there. We've all just been like, fuck everything. I hate it. I hate my job. I hate my life. <laughs> Like, I hate yes. everybody. Like we have fucking been there before and it's frustrating. Right. And like part of the joy of, of spider and what makes him such a heroic character is like, he will, he will inevitably do the right thing eventually. Like, yes. it, and it usually doesn't take very long to get to that point. Like he will absolutely give up and say, fuck it. But he will always just be like, actually, never mind. I shouldn't have done that. And right. I, have regained my appreciation for why this is important. Like that always right. happens. And that's what makes it so inspirational because yes. again, we've all been there. We have all given up on something and then just been like, actually, no, I don't have to give it up. This isn't as bad as I thought it was. I right. can do it. Or I'm stronger than this. And I, I, I am, I am strong enough to not give it up and move on. Like that's what makes yeah. the character so inspirational, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I love all all various flawed versions of Peter Parker. I think it's I just yeah. I want him to have these piss baby moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it makes you realize too, like it really God, the timing of the black cat stuff is so smart in this show because it's like for one, like having this happen in season four, the way season three ended with Mary Jane disappearing and all mm-hmm. the grief and drama and trauma that comes from that. For one, you you get plenty of easy ways for black cat to like flirt with Peter without it being too weird because theoretically his girlfriend is dead. And like the, the <laughs> right. drama that come, the drama that comes from that is more like, like God, you know, if, if you had entered his life, like a little bit earlier, he might've responded, but, but your, your flirtation bounces right off of him now because yeah. of what he's going through. And so it's yep. just like bad timing on both ends for them. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which only makes the flirtation more fun because it's like, she's only going to go at it harder. The more that he resists her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also like that, but also since black, this black cat is a much more heroic character, like, you immediately get this foil for Spider-Man and where he is now. So the Spider-Man that is going through this immense grief and doesn't know what to do with it for the first time in the show, he has someone to sort of like bounce off of in a way that can just be like, dude, look, I'm, I'm modeling myself based on the version that you used to be at a different point in your life. So you need to get over it. And I'm here to help you get over it by showing you the better version of yourself that you need Mm -hmm. to get back to that. You need to, the, the, like you have to move on so you can get back to this, you know, like it's right. so fucking smart, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love, I love Terry Lee's sort of like buck up buttercup moment, but it isn't like mm-hmm. the best version of this. You know what I mean? Like, cause he yeah. just, it's all over the course of like three minutes where he's like, I quit being Spider-Man. And she's like, shut the fuck up and put your suit on. Like it's fun, <laughs> but this makes way more sense. Like there's actually somebody, yeah. like you said, who's modeling themselves after him that he can look at and sort of see like, Oh shit. Like this is where I come from as opposed to just somebody being like, get over it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she is positioned as a character who, because she is someone who has only, and who like just lived her life as like being like a serial dater basically was like the most that she kind of did with her free time. Mm -hmm. Like she is someone who like is very invested in like romance and like love and passion and, and like, you know, meeting people on like a social level. So it makes sense that she's the kind of person in his life who can like recognize like, Oh, this Mm -hmm. boy is going through it. Like he doesn't have to tell me he's going through it. I can tell he's going through it like i really love that in this episode she's never like she is never like holding a grudge against him or like returning his hostility she like is always recognizing like this isn't you (laughs) i've seen you Mm -hmm. before and when you're fine you are obviously not fine we just need to figure out how to work around this and i fucking love that like i love having that sort of social awareness that that she has that it, it makes sense for her character to have and and that a right. lot of you know most other superheroes that he might team up with aren't necessarily going to be you know go at it from the level that she's able to go at it and see it right yeah yeah for sure for sure and because like they're relatively new in their sort of interaction with each other because he doesn't know that she's Felicia like mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about it that never feels like uncomfortable or weird. Like he's obviously being a dick, but it doesn't feel like he's being a dick in a way that she can't like just shut him down or like still right, be right. completely fine in her footing in the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. God, the more I, the more we like talk about it, the more I like really just fucking love 
black cat <laughs> and this everything. I like that it. It's such a fun this. way to do her, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's such like you said, yeah. the timing is just so perfect. Like it's it's almost good that they didn't figure out how to do this until now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it works out so well. Yeah. So they have this argument over whether or not Black Cat should be involved in the art. Like we said, the argument is basically Spider-Man just being like, fuck off. Um, Quit. But give up. Right. Just quit. (laughs) Give up. It's not worth it. Uh, But they never really get anywhere with this because they're interrupted ultimately with the sound of a beast and people being attacked. So both of them uh, being heroic in nature are like, we should do something about that. So they investigate a nearby construction site and they do find Craven. And Craven admits that he and Spider-Man are no longer friends or at least friends in this moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And with the help of Black Cat, Spider-Man is able to... Uh, sort of like fight against Craven because again he's super powered right now. Um, he even manages to use Craven's bolus against him, so full circle there. Uh, despite this, though, Spider-Man continues to tell Black Cat to back off and to stop trying to help him, even though he's only successful with yeah. her by his side. I know. Um, he even at one point is like, "Stay back, Craven's too dangerous." And I'm like, "You forget. You realize that she's Captain America, right? She like, has. She is Captain a super soldier. America's strength." <laughs> like I she's, think she's so fine. strong like, <laughs> she's not even just so strong like the 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 implication of having the super soldier serum is that she's like incredibly durable too like she probably yeah, is yep. not going to get hurt like ever <laughs> you know like what could yeah. he do you know yeah know. yeah but yeah i mean all i mean it's all a problem because they end up like arguing in the middle of all this and craven just frees himself from the bolas um and like like they ruin the whole thing by arguing like Spider-Man ruins the whole thing by stopping to argue with black cat. Um, so Craven jumps into a forklift, which I love. We've had like venom in a truck and now Craven in a forklift. (laughs) I want more, like more villains in vehicles they don't belong in. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, I don't, it's like, so it's such a funny, I don't know why it's just like, you should, you're like a, you're like a a jungle man and like a furry, like lion coat who like jumps around (laughs) super strength. Why are you in like an industrial normal forklift? It doesn't make any sense. Why would that even be an instinct that you have? (laughs) You know, it's so funny. Uh, I love it, (laughs) but I love it because it's Craven in a forklift. And he's like going right for, I think he's going for like Spider-Man first or something. Ultimately, like a cat gets in his path and Black Cat is like, whoa, we can't let this cat get run over by this forklift. So she goes to save it. She slips on an oil puddle. Spider-Man saves her. Uh, and then Spider-Man ends up pinned. So this is like last week I referred to moments where like Black Cat still shows up a little bit green. This is a moment where like, I'm okay with it because she is doing yeah. something heroic, but kind of like isn't fully literally hasn't like found her footing yet. This is a rescue mm-hmm. moment where I'm like, fine last week when it was yeah. like doc Ock just only ever goes for fully or for black cat. That's annoying. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think this works. And I mean, she still ends up having to kind of rescue Spider-Man anyway, because he's he ends oh, up yeah. getting caught because of her, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and they were only ever successful at any point because Felicia was there. Exactly. Oh, right. Yeah. Spider-Man could not have taken Craven alone, especially not in this mental state. No. So um, that cat, by the way, yeah. um, that cat, there's a character sheet that exists. I don't know. It, I wonder if it was made for like the beginning of the show and that was just a cat model that they just had created and then like never oh really deployed God. until now. The cat is named on this on this character sheet, the cat is named Fogarty the cat. What? Why is he Fogarty? <laughs> I love how it looks because it looks 
so mangy. It looks mangy. so mangy in the drawing. Yeah. But what's so funny too is that like it's like the cat is included in this like size comparison chart. It has like <laughs> Spider Man, Peter, Mary Jane, and Deborah, and then it just has the fucking cat next to it. Has Fogarty the so cat good. just right next to them, and he looks so out of place with like this cast of main characters <laughs> on this show. <laughs> it's just like like these four like comic book characters. They're all you know they're and they're drawn and they're like very stylized. They're they're, they're yeah. you know, the nineties style and everything, and then mm-hmm. just a fucking cat next to them. Like it's. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like looking it's so like mangy hand- and so like unhappy to be there. No, he's like, why am I here? I'm not in this cast. Why did you? <laughs> why did you bring me here today for this? I don't need to be here. Why? Why? How do you? Why do you need in? a cat? Like, why do you need a cat to show you how tall a normal human being is? There's literally so a size funny. chart that says like how many that says like, that says how many feet they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a cat? Why do you need a cat for comparison to know how know. tall normal people look? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Deborah's taller than I thought she was. I mean, all of the. Why, Which is I'm surprised that this. This this list Mary Jane being as tall as Peter like I don't know I'm that not that's that surprised. Cons- like, well, I don't know that it's consistent, but I'm not that surprised. Yeah. I feel like there could be plenty of versions of Mary Jane that are as tall as Peter, if only because yeah. she's like frequently a model. Yeah, I mean she should be. I'm just surprised because I don't feel like it's that been that consistent. But you know, maybe I'm wrong though. I don't know. Maybe I'm I just don't assuming know. that she's not. I feel like maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like there are enough moments where she like ends up in Peter's arms and she's like clearly not as tall as he is, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know that they really stuck to that. chart. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Fogarty, man. Fogarty. (laughs) Love Fogarty. Fogarty I'm a fan of Fogarty. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I'm glad that Fogarty was saved and got to make an appearance four Mm -hmm. seasons later. (laughs) Right. <laughs> anyway, this is all. This is all just like gone to hell, basically. Craven mm-hmm. threatens him. He knocks Spider-Man out and he flees. Black Cat frees Spider-Man for the forklift, but Spider-Man just fucking goes off. <laughs> he goes fucking Such off an at Black Cat. And it's like, it's not even just like you fucked that up. It's just like, why did you? Why did you ruin all this to save that thing? And I'm like, it's a it's a cat man like yeah fuck you like give me a break i mean and it's like and he's not positioned as being a good person here like you no, as no, the no, audience no. are absolutely oh, yeah. meant to understand that he is ridiculously overreacting and being a complete oh, yeah. asshole right now this is and like, black cat like calls him out on it it's just like i thought you really don't get here to help people man like i thought you do you not care about people anymore and he's a drama queen so he's like i don't think i do and then he leaves <laughs> Such a baby. Such a baby. Uh, Like, again, I get it. You're going through it. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. (laughs) No, I simultaneously love it and will make fun of him. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want. That's what I want for my Peter Parker is to to love what you're going through and make fun of you for going through it. It's just, you know, it's it's. I think it's good that you you pointed out like we're very clearly not supposed to be on his side in these moments. This yeah. is the closest that the performance is to when he was going through it with the symbiote, like when he's screaming about oh, for yeah. shocker and all that sort of stuff. It's not as bad, but it's the closest he's gotten to being back in that state. So like it is very mm-hmm. clear that like, oh, the last time we heard him like this, it was when he was like murderous. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Yep. 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 There's a little bit. I feel like there was a little bit of that when he went off on Madam Webb in the. Oh, oh, that's too. a good call. That's I very good. Tired call. of you and oh, your riddles great. and your supreme arrogance. Oh, my God. Yeah. But again, wow. that's like it was meant. To, that is like a moment of like just supreme, yeah. supreme arrogance. It's a moment yeah. of like pure rage and grief. You know, like that, that's not mm-hmm. meant to be pretty. Like we're not meant no. to just be like, yeah, you, you tell yeah. her. It's just like, not squeaky oh, clean. No. Never squeaky mm-hmm. clean in this show. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I do. You yeah. know what? I, 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 I really, I've come to, I feel like we, we've had a lot of criticisms about how this Peter Parker was written, especially in the first couple of seasons, I think yeah. mostly re- regarding like how he, how he related to women, unfortunately. But yeah. like, I do think now we're kind of to this point where now that, you know, there isn't any more of like the creepiness with his dating, because that's just, that's just kind of over with at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they've really settled into a really nice space with this Peter where he is, he is a complicated young guy with a lot of fucking issues, (laughs) like a lot of stuff that he, he, with someone who really truly does not know how to work through like this, like internal grief that he is, he is always constantly going through, you know, and doesn't know how to deal with it. That's all that's all like the good sort of grit and dirtiness, right? Like and all of that yeah. can exist without him being like an asshole to women. So like yeah, we're at the point where he's no longer being an asshole to women. I mean, just because he's dating them, right? Obviously he's being an asshole yeah. to black cat right here. But like but in, not in, 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 that a, same in like context. a way that's not it's not like a misogynistic way. No, no, no. no. It's like, like and that. it's in like a it's like <laughs> like to an equal in this case. Like, yeah, it's not because right. she's a woman or anything. Uh, it's because she can do what he can do, right? Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, so like it's like this is the kind of you know, flawed Peter Parker I want, not the misogynist one. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, obviously, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, um, I mean, he he's, after he storms off, you know, Black Cat is like, ruminating on like on this idea because she's like i have my understanding of like what a superhero should be um she thinks about her own motivation which is making up for all of her father's mistakes which like you don't have to do you can just like have powers and want to use them for good you don't have to make up for your dad (laughs) yeah but i i understand i understand where she's coming from with that it's it's not unrealistic i'm just you know yeah do it yeah, for you. Like Felicia, Felicia, you don't have to. Do it for you. Yeah, right. I think she's <laughs> definitely kind of doing it for her, though. She is. <laughs> she likes it. She likes, she likes it. it. She likes it. <laughs> she's in her power. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, back in his bedroom, uh, as he's preparing an anti-serum, Spider-Man's wrestling with, you know, turning Craven in when Craven once saved his life and he's like, why am I always hurting people? And I'm like, you're talking about Craven, man. Like, it's not like an innocent bystander. Like I get where, but it's just like, that's just the state of mind that he is in. It's like, everything yeah. is going to set him off and start him spiraling. Basically. It's just like, doesn't land quite as well when it's Craven, you know, like if it were yeah. like one of his close members, I, I, I sure. like this though, because it's at least like, like you said, he's in that state of mind. I wish it were yeah. a little bit more just like why is craven being like this why is craven making me be like this um, yeah sure. that would have i think, but I think a little but, but, bit better but i like the you know idea what, of this i think i it would have landed a little bit better but i do think that that would put a little too much uh responsibility on craven like that would and i think the whole the whole thing here is that 
everything that happens, Peter is blaming himself. That's for true. It. Like he's not even, he's not even out here trying. Like, I think that's kind of the major, his major flaw of how he's going about stuff. It's like, if he knows he knows that Craven was his friend last time an ally last time they fought and suddenly he's not. And he is absolutely not focusing on why that might be like, he does not once consider like, why would Craven be doing this? What would cause Craven to turn back to the serum again? All he does is focus on them on, on the shit that he's doing right now. And, and just like, well, I guess I have to fight Craven. I have to destroy a friend yet again. Like that is all he's, he is so singularly focused on himself and mm-hmm. like how much pain that he causes that he can't even see outside of himself and see that like, obviously Craven is going through something and yeah, he yeah, needs yeah. to figure out why and what that is. And like, can't even see that, you know? I think that makes sense. I still think there's a way where it could have been like, I failed Craven and now I have to hurt Craven. And it still sure. would have oh, been you know in what? that That's same good. vein. You know what I mean? Yeah, As what I you're like talking that. about and less of the putting that on Craven, which I, th- I think you're right. That wouldn't have thematically made as much sense. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, still some way they could have smoothed it out a little bit, but ultimately I like yeah. the headspace for this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it works ultimately. Mm-hmm. He also goes to check on an Aunt May and Aunt Anna. And while he's doing that, he finds Harry outside, just like he's just outside of Aunt Anna's house. Um, this may be really sad, I mean, actually. It's a really sad. Yeah. Look, you know what? For this fucking like annoying wiener ass Harry to like yeah. evoke emotion in us, they are doing something very right, obviously. Because it's just like this like obviously lonely, sad guy just sitting. And it's like it's not in a creepy way, right? Like he's no. like he is just like clearly walking and just staring at the house of the woman he he loved that is now mm-hmm. dead. And like, doesn't know what to do. Like he probably was standing there being like, do I go inside? Do I say something? Like, should I, he probably took a step forward, took a step back. Like I can imagine the scenario where he's just sort of like kind of paralyzed with like inaction, like doesn't know what to do about it. Cause he's just grieving. Yeah. Well, if you think about, you know, we've we've been in, we've been in Peter's headspace, but like Mm -hmm. from Harry's perspective, this is his ex-girlfriend for one who he like was pretty nasty to the last time they interacted mm-hmm. and he lost his dad he, and he lost his dad at the same time. So like yeah. not only not only does 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 he like it's probably a weird position to be in where it's just sort of like I people aren't going to be feeling as bad for me as they're going to be feeling for like Peter, for example, because we weren't actively dating at the time, but like just because of the complex situation I was in, I'm feeling so many fucking feelings that I don't understand. I can't talk to my friend Peter because we were on bad terms and I'm prob and he's probably still mad at Peter in one way or another, you know? Um, and it's like, and, and so it's like, what do you fucking do in that situation? Right? Like I do feel for Harry because yeah. you did, he did kind of, in, in the way that Peter says that he kind of lost everyone, like Harry really lost everyone actually, you know, mm-hmm. and can't even really just justifiably do anything about it. Yeah. We've like, we've not seen him have anyone else at all. Really? <laughs> like, there just is <laughs> right. no one else. Right. Right. Yeah. It is very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. And what's even sadder is that like, you know, S- Spider-Man sees Harry from afar and is like, recognizes like he's probably, like broken up about this too. Like he absolutely is going to be sad about Mary Jane. I should talk to him, but I have nothing to offer is what he says. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's like, so sad. Cause it's, it's not so like, sad. It's not like he says, I have nothing to say, or I don't know what to say, but like the fact that he believes that there is nothing like he is at such a place of like such deep, 
low self-worth as a result of all this stuff that he's like not processing correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the fact that he specifically says he has nothing to offer hurts so much more than just not yeah. knowing what to say, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's really sad. And then he says, Black Cat was right. I have nothing in my heart for others. That makes me a worse monster well, than Craven. You know, if there's no melodrama, it's not Peter Parker. No, of course. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. Look, I'm not mad about it. I'm like, yeah, that's part of the course. Yeah. And that's just how extreme his thinking is right now, honestly. Like, it's, it's so... I mean, this episode, uh, more than ones we've seen in a while, is, like, even more comic booky, I think, than usual. Oh, yeah. With his, like, internal monologues. Oh, and the my way that, God. I mean, the way that everyone talks to each other, mm-hmm. there's, like, so much exposition and so much monologuing in this episode. But I kind of love it because every because every character is, like just at their worst and like so melodramatic, <laughs> you know, like every, everybody, it does, everybody is going through it, which makes them extra melodramatic. Yeah. It does feel so much like a comic book reads. Like it's so, that's mm-hmm. so right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> well, that night across the city reports of a ferocious stalker begin to pop up and in response to that, a duo begins to investigate. But it's not Spider-Man and Black Cat. No, no. It is Deborah Whitman and Flash Thompson, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, Deborah has been investigating the mysterious stalker and concludes that, as she refers to it, the Night Stalker is some sort of strange animal. And this was such a pleasant <laughs> surprise for me. I was like, this is so yeah. nice to have them back. They're such a fun little duo and couple uh, that I'm happy for more of them. Yeah, I think they I, I I think that they really were only in one episode in season three, I feel like. Like I know that they are at Harry's birthday party, mm-hmm. you know, just to just to have a couple of lines. If they appeared anywhere else in season three, I don't think they really like did anything or were just sort of in the background. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it is really which is which is, which is kind of had been kind of a bummer because like they just got together at the end of the second season and then you never got to see them having fun together and they seem like such a fun couple. So, so I'm so glad fun. that they finally returned to them here. I know. I love yeah. it. I love like strong headed, incredibly smart, driven woman and like himbo flash. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Where he like clearly has a heart, but like is still kind of a little bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah. A little bit Which of I a guess dick, wouldn't be quite still... himbo, but like he's more himbo than he is bully at this point. Yeah, at this point. And he's still like, he still always ends up going along with everything that Deborah wants exactly. him to do. Exactly. Back it. <laughs> Love it. Such a fun mm-hmm. dynamic. I was just so happy to see them. Yeah, me too. All, all of their stuff in this episode is really fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, Spider-Man continues to hunt the hunter uh, and remembers that last time he found Craven at Central Park Zoo. Uh, and this just so happens to be where phase two of Deborah's investigation is happening. So as she pokes around, you know, Spider-Man is, is on his way to exactly where she is. And as she's doing this, Flash actually comes to a realization and asks her, hey, wait a second. Are you getting so into this because you think maybe it will lead you to more information on Michael Morbius? <laughs> it's so spe- like I love like that is so insightful. Like it, it really is. So, is. Like, it's like like it is like almost like almost out of character for how insightful it is. But I I I love it though because I I my read of it is that mm-hmm. you know we haven't we haven't seen them dating for a while, but you could assume that they have been dating for a while now, mm-hmm. and this is just, just how well he knows her at this point. How well he knows her, and I think the fact that it is more insightful than Flash typically would be, I think you could, if you want to, read it as, wait a second, why are you trying to find Michael? <laughs> well, you still hung up on Michael? <laughs> 
Oh, like, and sure, why not? Why wouldn't she be right? It's not like yeah, uh, it's not like it ended well. <laughs> like, no, and it was an absolutely bizarre thing to happen exactly. to a student that she knew. Like it's <laughs> right, right, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just think it's I think it's uh, it's so funny that he calls that out. Because basically she's like investigating like weird monster shit. And Michael Morbius was like weird monster shit from his perspective, yeah. you know? Makes um, sense. Totally so makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. She scoffs at it, though. Uh, before she can explain why that's so ridiculous, though, they are attacked by the Night Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so as far as we know, he is 100% right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Spidey arrives just in time, assumes it's Craven, and when he arrives, he does in fact find Craven. Uh, but it turns out that Craven is hunting. Get this: what he is hunt he is hunting uh-huh. the Night Stalker. What the Night, he's not the Night Stalker. What? He's hunting the Night Stalker. <laughs> okay, question. This yeah. episode does make it very clear to us way before this point that the Night Stalker and Craven are not the same thing. We get a pretty decent glimpse at I the Night so. Stalker so that we as an audience know it's more of a misunderstanding between the characters and the players on the board, which is not unheard of. Plenty of shows will do yeah. that where the audience is in and the, the players on the board are not. Do you think that this yeah. episode could have worked as well, better, or worse if they let us be as confused? as the people in the episode. Um, I don't know. Uh, Cause it's like, cause there's already, I feel like the, it's more important to get into Spider-Man's psyche. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's ends up being fine that like, there isn't really a mystery because Spider-Man is so singularly focused on Craven that he doesn't even consider the option that the, that the night stalker is something else, yeah. you know? And I mean, and, and like, he does briefly like, like throw out like his Craven turning into a creature or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So like they could have established that as a, uh, you know, as a potential option earlier in the episode to make it more of a mystery. And who knows, maybe like when they were scripting it, they were scripting it to be more of a mystery, but then, you know, when it went to be like storyboarded, yeah. like an animated, like then the night stalker, like just designed and more clearly shown on screen, you know, like I could mm-hmm. see it one way or another, but at the end of the day, like, I don't think it really matters because like, it was never that much of a mystery anyway. Like yeah. it's not, it's not. I, and I don't think that that's what makes it up this episode interesting at all. I think it's the way that Spider-Man operates, um and pursues the mystery is what makes it so interesting you know yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and i think like maybe it's even enhanced by the fact that we know that he is we yeah. know how singularly focused he is because we have a glimpse into the fact that he's not right. correct right. um so yeah i was just curious like, we know like, we know there's more going on yeah like yeah. it's obvious that there's more going on and and it makes spider-man look even more at fault that he's not acknowledging that there's more going yeah. on that makes a lot of sense to me. I was just curious because yeah. we've talked about some of those things with the show in particular mm-hmm. as far as like sure. what they're letting the audience know versus what the people in the actual universe know. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, this makes sure. this makes more sense than some of the other things we've talked about where they like tell us more than the people in the universe. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah, at you, chameleon. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, let's not go down. They knew. All, that everybody now. knew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to name it. <laughs> Well, Craven. Now get this. You know what Craven has? What's he you got? Know what you can use on Spider-Man. You got more jungle dust. Not the jungle dust. Number three. Not more jungle That's dust. The third time, right? So many times. Mm, I think this is only the second time he said it was jungle dust. In this I episode, think he did right? it at the beginning. He did it when he was uh, forklifted, and he's doing it here. You're right, yo. You're right. Three <laughs> times. God, Spider-Man. Like, hold your breath. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
don't like. <laughs> I don't know. He's wearing a mask too. Like it shouldn't. It should take a second for it to like permeate his respiratory system like i don't know also why is this like the one spider-man in any animated universe who doesn't seem to have like a heightened immunity to like (laughs) inhalants you know what i mean like where's the super spider breath that like every other show acknowledges god i know it's like that's the yeah like this version of spider-man missed out on that and every villain takes full advantage of it (laughs) like exceptionally weak (laughs) against inhalants in fact (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like lightly blow some dust on him and he's just like out cold. Asthmatic Spider-Man. <laughs> it's basically what they're doing. Honestly, you know what, though? Yeah. He, they People have, have forced him to inhale so much. You know what? He's got to have a fucked up respiratory system. So this by point, this point, seriously, whatever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They just love blowing shit in this dude's face. <laughs> yeah. So much. <laughs> yeah so but yeah so spider-man's knocked out again uh craven carries him to the lion exhibit to be eaten alive oh, shit dude really truly has gone off the deep end hasn't he yeah um, it is interesting that craven is i mean i guess i guess we eventually know and craven kind of kind of alludes to that like he is in fact not just craven off he is craven the hunter but oh like, yeah no and that's it's been well established that that serum right. does genuinely drive yeah. him insane it's just like so wild, like to be reminded of like just how, uh, yeah, how much he loses, <laughs> yeah, loses touch with himself, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, luckily, Black Cat intervenes. The two of them, uh, both try to get to Craven. Uh, they fail, of course. Um, and you know, when Spidey asks Craven what the hell is going on, Craven replies. <laughs> This hunt is my, not my passion. It is my tragedy. He says his uh, most Shakespearean voice possible before so he flees. Yeah. The melodrama of this episode. The melodrama is so juicy. I love it. And meanwhile, Black Cat's just sitting here be like, these guys, like these men cannot hold it together. <laughs> That's so true. She really is the only one. Like Flash and Deborah are like looking at her like, what what is happening and she's just like <laughs> they're going through it i don't, I don't know. know these men are feeling it's things a, it's uh it is up to us it is up to me the the hot superhero lady and uh and you the science lady to figure this shit out flash <laughs> you're there for the good looks <laughs> i do love at one point i don't remember exactly when it is it might be coming up but like i do love that at one point the two of them just sort of like we got this and walk fully yeah. away from flash <laughs> yeah. you know so it's, it's right around here it's right around here because Spider-Man, of course, throws a flit that Craven got throws a fit that Craven got away. You know, pushes Black Cat away and whips off, and that's when Flash and Deborah are like, "Oh, what that's right, the hell is going on?" Rolled up his ass. And, yeah, and Black Cat's like, "He's going through it," but anyway, and Flash is like, "You're hot," and she's like, "Okay, yeah." Anyway, hey Deborah, you're a scientist, right? And Deborah's like, "I am a scientist. You want to help me figure this out?" Okay, and they just walk. Yeah, they just walk away from Flash. It's I great. am intelligent it's and so can good. be helpful to you. Let's go. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's so good. I love it. I love it. How many episodes of this show pass the Bechtel test? I don't think it's many, but this one probably does. <laughs> mm. I don't remember Maybe their exact conversation here. Um, they are talking about, well, are no, they talking, talking about, about the, the serum? The creature. Are they talking, talking about the about... Night Stalker? 
they're talking about the Night Stalker, I think which that is a qualifies. Woman. So that qualifies. This episode, I think, passes the Bechdel test. Yeah, maybe the first one in the whole show <laughs> that does probably because because Felicia and her mother almost exclusively talk about John or Spider Man, right? <laughs> and like none of no the other women characters interact with each other. <laughs> ever interact except for maybe like liz and mary jane a couple of times and they're just uh, mary peter. jane so, and yeah. aunt anna maybe but they probably talk about peter talk about peter Aunt anna yeah. and may, aunt may have probably, probably talked about, about mary jane but mostly talk about peter yeah maybe anna and may talking about mary jane <laughs> potentially has maybe happened once huh. yeah maybe I mean, I wasn't expecting this show to. There just aren't yeah, that look, many women that aren't like specifically there for Peter to interact with. <laughs> you take it, you take it where you can get it. Yeah, especially in in, in a 1997. 90s superhero. Yeah. So, you know, look, the fact that it happened at all. Yeah. It, maybe I'm, I'm okay, but I that. think I think maybe. you're right. I think they do talk about Night Stalker, which would qualify. If it if it didn't happen, it almost happened. You were it was right. like it almost <laughs> passed at, at at the least. The fact that like More than a I visual representation of maybe the Bechtel test is so exciting, I think says enough about this show. Sometimes, yeah. Well, you know. Again, what else did you expect from Fox Kids Spider Man yeah. in the 1990s? Yeah. So, still, look, you know. still plenty of named women who are different from mm-hmm. each other and who are skilled and have agency. So better uh, than a lot of shows that- can say. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> not and not all of them date Peter Parker. Not either, all of so. them date Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of them do, but not all of them do. <laughs> oh boy. Well, hey. Where were, where were we? <laughs> we Deborah and Black Cat just walked off to compare notes. So we cut to Spider-Man overhearing another attack or he doesn't hear the attack. He actually hears the aftermath of the attack. He hears a victim talking about being attacked and learns that Craven is likely heading towards prospect park. Now. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Connors is awoken by a phone call from Deborah asking for help. We don't know exactly what she's asking. We just know that she asks for help. And I think, it's so funny the way that this show does like phone calls because you can hear that there is a voice on the other end, but it's just like lady saying gibberish very quietly. Yeah. And that just cracks me up every time. It's very funny. I like it too. So anyway, <laughs> Dr. Connors is somehow involved here. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's neat. Yeah. Using the resources you've got, using the people who exist. Yep. Of course. Yep. I like it. So at Prospect Park, Spider-Man is attacked by Craven. The two of them, of course, both piss at each other, but unwilling to talk about their feelings, <laughs> beat each other up for a second uh, before Craven shares that, hey, I'm actually not the creature that's stalking and attacking people. However, I created the creature. <laughs> Again, the melodrama. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and, and he explained, of course, very obscurely, indirectly, Bro. and with no clarity whatsoever, claims the creature destroyed Mariah, which Spider-Man, of course, takes in the worst possible way, understandably. Mm-hmm. And it just sets him the fuck off. Absolutely sets him the fuck off, which, again, makes sense. Mariah Crawford, a friend, a, a dear friend to Spider-Man, right. he's he's hearing that she's dead and, res- and and the person responsible for her death was the person that claimed to be her lover, you know, and obviously with, with what he's already going through, he already lost Mary Jane, another woman in his life of two, like all of all of the 
shit. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense that this is going to absolutely make him fly off the deep end, especially given how teetering on the edge he's uh-huh. been this entire episode. It's really smartly handled. Yeah. Um, he vows to kill both Craven and the monster. Damn, he's back to murderous Spider-Man. He got yep. there. <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it, but kind of love to see it a little bit. Oh, it's so juicy to watch, man. I love it. Yeah. Well, before Spider-Man can actually hurt Craven, luckily, luckily, uh, Black Cat intervenes and shares Deborah's findings, which are that the DNA of the creature matches that of Mariah, or at the very least is female, um, and they draw the conclusion that that means it was Mariah. Uh, and this is enough to shake Spider-Man out of his rage and demand that Craven actually talk about what happened instead of being a fucking drama queen. Uh, so Craven explains. He says, in Africa, Mariah was attempting to help victims of a lethal virus but contracted the virus herself. Using her own serum, the one that she used to save Craven, Craven believed that he had saved her. But days later, she became the Night Stalker. Uh, way worse of a transformation that he would have than he would have expected based on his own experience with it. Um, and to regain the ability to find and help her, he took the serum again. So that's kind of the sequence of events, how we end up yeah. with both Craven the Hunter again and this Night Stalker uh, that Mariah turns into. Yeah, You could have just said it- all that, buddy. <laughs> Right. Well, it's like once once they start once they start talking though, everyone just like talks and talks and talks. And like this and honestly, this is not a criticism. I think it is so fucking No, that's wild that's, that makes that sense. The entire, that's how it should go. Yeah. Right. I think it is wild that the entire like climax of this episode is just everyone talks. There is no final action sequence. Like I we have, we're not there yet, but like once they actually even even once they like form a plan to stop the stalker, like they just show up and give her the antidote. Like it's like there's no right, that's final not action the sequence at all. This is the climax. Right, the climax is everyone just fucking unloading on each other. Yeah. And it really is truly like it's so like surprising and like but like really uh, really delightful to see like just a scene that is just so much pure exposition essentially, mm-hmm. but it is so fucking compelling because you have been watching 19 minutes of people that need to fucking just talk to each other oh that don't talk to each other. And I know that like, that is like such a cliche at this point to just be like the people on the TV show should just talk to each other and go to therapy. But that is like literally what this episode is built around right. is that idea is that these, these, these dudes just are going through it and really need fucking help from other people and need to unload what they're going through, explain what's happening and then get help to solve their problems. Yeah. And none of and they all, because of their own personal issues and, and you know, refusal to process what they're going through, don't fucking do that. And it only creates problems for everyone. And it's only until black cat, who's just like a normal fucking person is just like, <laughs> y'all, can we just take a beat and just like explain what's happening in the same level? And then suddenly everyone's just like, Oh, okay, we got this. Like, well, it's so fucking beautiful to yeah. see that. <laughs> no, it's great. It's it's so great. It'd be, and, and I know you called out like the cliche of people reacting like, oh, everyone go to therapy. But the reason people react that way is because that's not what those stories are typically about, right? It's usually like, we could have avoided this if everybody talked to went to therapy. In this instance, it's literally the solution they chose. It's like what this episode is about. Yeah. Is like, yeah. oh, this is actually how we're going to solve it. You can't criticize us for, for yeah. not having... Having them talk to each other because that is also our solution. <laughs> right. Right. 
it's so good and and also i have to give a lot of credit to the actors in this whole sequence because like jennifer it would all the exposition wouldn't work if they weren't good at delivering this oh and sure. like god bless god bless jennifer hale so she good. has to say thing she has to say things like i don't think this is i don't think i wrote down the direct quote but it's basically like like she's like um we use dr connor's to develop a possible cure derived from dr crawford's plasma which was on file with the hardy foundation like there's there's so like there's so much fucking information right. packed into that and like but jennifer hale so fucking good at her job it's just sort of like oh yeah yeah okay thanks i thank you for the information great yeah good to know like <laughs> and it's and it's impressive that it all works given that like they do the thing where it's like i'm gonna ask you for help but the audience doesn't know what the help is and then we're gonna go do something mm-hmm. else you know sometimes that can be like annoying if it's not handled well but you're right they all handle it so well and they deliver everything so smoothly uh, that you're just sort of like, oh yeah, okay, that really works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, yeah. they did a thing where they they involved Dr. Connors, but they didn't over-involve Dr. Connors. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they had right. a piece on the board that they could play a little bit with, which is so much more perfectly handled than what we talked about last week, which is like, they had Doc Ock there, but then they had him stay a little bit too long. They had S.H.I.E.L.D. there, mm-hmm. but they had them stay a little bit too much. This is like just the right amount of Dr. Connors. He's a resource. Yeah. Use him. Get him out of there. <laughs> yeah, we know who we know who he is. Right. You know, you get the one scene to, to to show him, so it's not like completely off screen. But like, we didn't we didn't need the scene of him in the lab with Deborah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so nice we don't have to see him explain it. Because we trust him, you know, and we trust yeah. Deborah. Yeah. Again, because this show at this point, we're familiar with these characters. They have done such a good job of setting everyone up and you know exactly where everyone is and when what they what they can do and like that, that they can just deploy them at any time. Like, and it's just, again, can't say it well enough. This season really is just like they fucking know what they're doing at this point. And it really is mm-hmm. so cool to see them just really deploying all the tools in their yeah, toolbox um, and all the players that they have uh, and put on the board whenever they want and like use them all effectively. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is so fucking fun uh, and cool to see like well-written television like that. Lovely to see. Lovely to see. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we kind of alluded to what's going on, but you know, they got, they got an antidote. I think the key is that the antidote is like a possible antidote that might partially cure Crawford as much as possible. But mm-hmm. like, it's all a lot of maybes, um, you know, but, but they have something that they can go better on. than nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they go, they, you know, they, they're like, we'll, we'll go, we'll go find the, we'll fo- find Dr. Crawford together. But like, yeah, like I said, no action sequence. They just like jumper and pour the antidote out her mouth very seconds. easily. Like it's no issues. Seconds. seconds. It takes um, seconds. Which again, <laughs> Which in a worse episode need... would be so annoying, but in this episode yeah. works perfectly fine. It's yeah. not the climax. We don't need it. It was not the we point. We don't need it. Right. We don't need it. This the whole this rest of this happens so quickly too. Because yeah. Maya returns nearly to her quote normal human self. They also referred to her as a hideous creature earlier. And like when you see her you in kidding? her like she's fucking hot. in her like cat form, it's like sorry, that's fucking hot. Right. Like, she's a hot cat lady. What are you talking about? Right. Um. And her like her like half half like <laughs> half craveny yeah. half human form so fucking hot man oh my god so funny to me like I know they literally said it might not fully work but I wasn't expecting it to just be like oh it worked enough to make her kind of like a monstrous lady but like 
an intelligible, like, yeah. monstrous lady. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> it's really good. It's it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And she's, and, and, and they're like, okay, well, well, I guess we should work on an antidote, right? And she's like, no, <laughs> I fucking love this. I'm like a hot, cool jungle lady. What are you talking yeah. about? This rules. Well, specifically, specifically Craven asks, like, can we get her back to normal? And she's like, no, babe, it's you and me. We're, we're like each other now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So they're, they're kindred spirits, <laughs> yeah. which is, hey, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. Imagine the sex actually. we're about to have, Craven. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, right? <laughs> Those two? Holy shit. I would love to watch personally. Sure. Like, I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, I think this I I might be wrong or misremembering. I'm pretty sure this is the last appearance of Craven and Dr. Crawford. Damn. The last appearance is just like two jungle people just they just run into the woods together. They're just like, all right, well, we're gonna go be free. Yeah. Like whatever the hell that means, they'll figure it we out. Know. Just fucking run off. We know what it means. <laughs> we never see them again because they're occupied. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> they have a family to take care of after this. <laughs> And I love Spider-Man's reaction to seeing these two jungle people just run off into the woods, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. He just stands there like with his hand on his hip and he just says, I feel like we lost this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so nah, much man. funnier when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was still sort of in the like, good God, buddy. But no, that is yeah. so fun. <laughs> so fun. I think we lost this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, especially when you take it out of the context of the melodrama, it's like so, so comedic. Yeah, I think it's a hilarious line, <laughs> but it is just sort of like things didn't work out perfectly for him specifically because mm-hmm. he wanted his friend Dr. Crawford back and back to normal and back to being Dr. Crawford. Yeah. Right. And he wanted Craven to be back to like normal Craven. Like right. I, from his perspective, it's just sort of like this isn't worked out. This didn't work out how I wanted, which I think is still like. You know, he still hasn't like relearned empathy, honestly, no. at this point. Like he still has to figure out how to look outside himself because that's, you know, that's a uh, that's that's a journey that you have to take when you're when you were as at as low as a place as he was, yeah. you know. So, yeah, makes for sure. sense. For sure. Yeah. Well, like you said, he considers it a loss um, and she kind of gives him grief over that. She's sort of like, are you this cynical, buddy? Like, can you see that? Like, we still help them. And he's like, not really. <laughs> And then thwips off. Like, he's still not seeing what she's sort of presenting him with. And that's fine, because it means the journey continues. Um, But I do like this. The episode ultimately ends with Peter returning to Harry Osborne's place and just being like, hey, do you still need a roommate? Because ultimately, he figures the two of them could probably help each other out in the face of both losing Mary Jane. And I think that's really sweet, given the very brief little moment that we saw of Harry going through it and Peter recognizing that Harry was going through it. And last week... and. And honestly, this whole season of Peter being like, what do I do? Who do I talk to? Who do I have? So this is a really sweet way to end this, I think, Um, especially Mm -hmm. after he spent the whole episode just like raging and like casting off the one person who's been trying to like ground him and get him to see things um, the right way. Yeah. Gives you hope at the end. It does. It's really nice. And it's like, you know, we've complained in the past that it's like they're really, they're like friendship was really weird because it's sort of like, when did you become best friends? And right. you don't seem like you're ever friends. But it's like, now regardless of all of that, <laughs> now we've got something. And it's almost like, it, it, it's almost at this point, like it almost doesn't matter, right? Because it's sort of like at this point, it's like, 
what was what came before is like we've we've gone through shit no matter what and like no matter where we're at we both have this shared experience and and we need each other like Mm -hmm. whatever like at at this point i can buy them being best friends going forward after this yeah more than i ever did before you know because they have this so yeah yeah and i also love like again harping on it again but just like the continuity like the last time there was the whole, you know, the last time that Peter and Harry lived together was like the end of season one. And then Peter just like stopped living with him. And I don't even know if he really even like truly established like why that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, I honestly don't remember. He just stopped really living with him. Yeah, so the fact that they're like bringing that around, you know, again, where yeah. it's just like, I could still, we, you need me. I like, we should live together and just hang out and be there for each yeah, other. Yeah, I wish like, I could remember. I love that. But I also, I know that I constantly mix up. <clears throat> them living together in this show with them living together in the comics. So I genuinely am not sure. <laughs> uh, I think it, maybe it was just because, well, you know what? Cause Aunt May like got gas in that episode. He probably moved back in with Aunt probably. May because he felt like he needed to be with her or something. That's like kind of always I the mean, conflict of him living away from home. At least when Aunt yeah. May's around. Yeah. I mean, and it was the Hobgoblin two-parter. We didn't exactly love those episodes. So. <laughs> oh, why didn't I commit those to memory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I mean it's it's such a nice capper to this. It's really yeah. like I this is like a really like beautiful message episode, you know, like just this I and, and in a way that like works so well into what the arc of the season has mm-hmm. already been. Like yeah. it's you know it's it's easy to 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 get those types of things wrong where it's just like here's a lesson that Peter Parker slash Spider Man has to learn. But in this one, it's like it's so elegantly weaved into where he has been over the course of the season, and I do think like there is a nice lesson that you can sort of internalize by the end of this episode. Yeah. And I, I love when the show pulls those things off. Well, it's like nice. just you, you, you need to be there. For, you need to be there for other people and you need people to be there for you. And like, no matter what your situation is, it's, it is worth talking to other people about what you're, when you're going through it. You mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Nice job. Good show. Good, good episode. Mm-hmm. I like this episode a lot. Me too. Now I know this episode is full of like, like you know like hot jungle people doing shit <laughs> um and even like a hot cat lady but like the face of the episode that i got it's just the fucking super saiyan moment that felicia has <laughs> during her transformation into black cat not only does she have this like you know this like glowing yellow aura around her as she transforms but like it really is like full super saiyan like powering up because like her hair goes just sucking hog wild when she's transforming Mm -hmm. it is incredible it's just like spiked out all over it's like huge like her muscles are protruding and everything like it's it's amazing it's (laughs) i just i can't believe i forgot this yeah truly how how did you forget did i forget this did you remember that she transformed? Yeah, absolutely. I, did not I never this. forgot that. I don't know how I so could have. It's so weird. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just so like I just I I, yeah, know, I talked I about know. this last week. I, I just know, like don't understand how my correct sort of understanding of who Black Cat was <laughs> when this was my introduction of Black Cat. I just so yeah. weird, but I love wow. it. I love it because we get Me Super too. Saiyan moments and we get like weird like i'm transforming and now my muscles are rippling moment yeah it rules it's so good yeah i'm definitely gaining more appreciation for this black cat a character that i already liked yeah but well it's weird because we're diving into it on paper 
this is not a black cat that I'd be like, yeah, do black cat this way. You know what I mean? But they're right. executing it really well, so I'm like down for it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, if if there were a new comic that was involving black cat, is this the one I would necessarily want? Probably not what I would pick. No. But it's but she working works in so the context. well. Yeah. She works in, in context the context for so what the show is doing and like where it is and like who she needs to be mm-hmm. and like her role yeah. in the show it's just really effectively done it's yeah. nice it's nice yeah yeah good job mm-hmm. well patreon <laughs> <laughs> i was just waiting i'm like i did it last time i ain't even trying this time that's all on you man <laughs> It's later than usual, and I'm fading. We have a Patreon, yeah. baby. If you would like to help me buy more coffee, that's a great way to help me buy more coffee so that I'm not fading yeah. next time we record. Patreon.com slash Walping Web Snappers. Um, but actually, there's a bunch of cool stuff over there. Most of it is available at just a dollar a month. Um, and we talk a lot about Spider-Man stuff, but also sometimes we talk about other stuff. So if you just like to hear us talk um, and like to hear about how we talk about things, that's a great place to go to get more of it. And check out our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes. We're talking about all kinds of stuff over there. Uh, speaking of talking about stuff, we both do it all over the place. Derek, where can people find you on the internet and the things you're working on? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of TV with a different show and a different guest for every episode. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me a podcast. <laughs> Those words weren't in order. You can also listen mm. to me on a podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast and on a podcast called Novel Gaming that I do with my friend Katie, where we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately with a focus on books and video games. You can also listen to Derek and my monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Guess what? We've done it. We've watched them all, including the new one, Elemental, that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, So check out that episode on the Falling with Style feed. Uh, You can get that wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also get it on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. There's a full archive of Falling with Style and of Walloping Web Snappers. And they're so easy and nice to sort, so you can find exactly what you're looking for. You can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WallopingWebPod or email us at WallopingWebSnappers at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. Next week, Black Cat gets kidnapped. Ew. In an episode called Partners. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you.